be turning your attention this morning on uh, this Thanksgiving weekend in America. Now, America is very challenged right now. Uh, the world is very challenged. Uh, the powerful strokes of judgment are being felt around the world. Mercy has been trumpeted, spoken forth, and expressed in many ways, in many forms and fashions. But now, as we move into the midnight hour of time, there is the shadows and there are the incoming incursions of judgment that we're seeing in the world. <clears throat> and uh, with that in mind, I would like to turn your attention uh, to the great book of Romans uh, that uh, was written by the great apostle. And I would like to uh, talk a little bit this morning, not a great length of time, but a few moments. I think we should allow that time on Thanksgiving week to talk about the things of God. Because it is God that provided us with the platform of our freedom and our being a free people. Hallelujah. Amen. Romans chapter 8. And verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I want you to notice that. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could do in that it was weak through the flesh. But it could not do because it was weak through the flesh. God sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. The righteousness of the law might be filled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. <clears throat> for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh, now remember this, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. For if the Spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. My. Just reading that creates undercurrents of the Spirit of God that communicate into that spirit realm of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And it reverberates up through your faith and into your conscious mind and lets you know that there is hope and there is peace and there is great triumph in the word of God and in those that hear it through faith. Amen. For the next few moments, I would like to speak to you on this thought, the battlefield of time. The battlefield of time. Amen. Would you turn to somebody nearby you and and just say you look great today you just look great today and you do look great today amen god bless you you may be seated in his wonderful name
I think all of us are aware that living in this world is uh, quite a, an amazing experience. Uh, and, and if I can give you the background from uh, the creation viewpoint, when God created us, uh, I do believe that the whole human race was an experiment by God to see if he could elicit uh, worship from a, a, a rather strange creature to him. God was and had been surrounded uh, by the eons of eternity by uh, worshiping, singing, praising celestial beings, uh, beings who, whose essence was of, of the very invisible, glorious, intangible, mystical, mystful spiritual expressions to God. Um, angels, seraphims, cherubims, creatures, beasts of every type and kind, and uh, God was a creative genius. And when he created uh, human beings in the book of Genesis, he did something different. He took a little bit of himself and put it into a, a, a real uh, mucky, dirty, very... Uh, unclean material called dirt flesh or dirt bag. Now be careful, husband and wives, if you refer to one another as that. It may not be the best for your health. But uh, actually the truth of the matter is that is what it is. You just call it what it is. Uh, however, he did put uh, in us that that eternal entity called a soul. So the preaching of the gospel uh, brings to us the, the hard reality that we are going to uh, live forever somewhere. Uh, the, the old song says with the angels in heaven or the demons in hell, we're going to live forever somewhere. And, and what's really kind of scary is that the, the flesh only has a short time of duration. Not very long. And in fact, much of what was talked about today by uh, grandparents and parents to children was, well, when I was your age, sweetie pie, I, I did this and I did that. And I, I remember when I used to uh, jump rope. I remember when I rode my bicycle, and, uh, and yet there hasn't been that many years since those days. It's not very long. Bible talks about 70 years of man, and 80 by strength, 90 by new supplements and vitamins and medical breakthroughs, <laughs> and uh, even on a little further than that, but, but that's not a long time. And before you know it, your teenage times. How many have looked back into your late teenage years and wondered how you got here to where you're at so fast? I don't get that. I can remember those things like they were yesterday and those people like they were yesterday. And oh my word, they're not, they're gone. I, I, I saw a couple that I hadn't seen in 25 years a couple weeks ago and uh, they, they had age, and I didn't hardly know them uh, because uh, God did something when he created us. He, he, he put on us a cloak of, of, uh, of um, shall I say, crustaceanism, uh, crustiness, flesh. And then he took that flesh and that part of him that's eternal called the soul and he gave it a free will which was God asking for trouble when it come to conforming to his word now that's just asking for trouble when you throw that free will in there you've got a different kind of creature saying to him I would like for you to serve me and worship me and the creature now being greatly disadvantaged 
Because he is not in the eternal presence of God like the angels, but he is living in a world that's been condemned by sin. He's living in a world that, that is uh, rife with diseases and uh, trouble and challenges and long work days and hard times and sweat, blood, and tears, if you will. And, and so this creature now is at a disadvantage. And yet I think that was the challenge God was looking for. Can I create such a creature and then entice them by my word and by my treatment of them to stand up and call me blessed? Can I do that? Is, is there some way? That I can do that. And so when you read it like that and, and look at the creation background, then you realize that, that we are kind of, a, uh, we're kind of a, like creatures out of our element. You know, the fishes of the sea do great in the water. And the creatures on land uh, do great on land and, and in the air. Uh, but but when you enter into a, another environment, then, then, there's, then there's a real challenge going on. There, there's, there's something different going on there when you put that, that soul uh, in a body of flesh in, un, in an uncontrolled environment called time. And so here we are today. We are individuals. We are Trapped in time, if you will. And we hear things about the spiritual world that is beyond us. We hear things about the presence of God. And yet, and yet we are still trapped in time. We, we hear about the visitation of the presence of God. And yet, when we showed up this morning... Uh, we, we had a wonderful dinner this week, and, and yet we come here this morning, and we have our flesh. We have our, perhaps, weariness. We have, perhaps, a, a, a kind of a aging process. We may have contracted some kind of a, a, a little uh, illness or malady in the last few days. And, and, and so, so we've been asked to worship God in the sanctuary once again. And so we have to realize, we have to slap ourselves and, and, and wake up and say, oh, oh, it's time to worship God. We've had two or three days off now, and now it's time to step back in and worship and praise God. And so we have to rouse up the flesh, and we have to take a hold of, of the self-will and, and say, all right, it's time to go unto the house of the Lord. I'm glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And so here we are in the house of the Lord. And uh, I am familiar with someone that has traveled many hundreds of thousands of miles in a career of ministry. I am familiar uh, with being uh, caught driving at night from a service uh, in the panhandle of Texas and and three or four tornadoes closing in in the springtime uh, as we are leaving the service after night traveling to Oklahoma. And the tornadoes are literally around us and we are praying to God, God, help us get through this maze of destruction. And we were in an environment that we were not comfortable with or familiar with. Because at any moment, one of those powerful funnels can approach you, lift your automobile off of the surface, fling you into the air, into who knows where. And that can happen so very easily. I'm familiar with the winds and, and the waves of, of hurricanes. I am familiar with how powerful water 
uh, water incursions of destruction can be. Uh, I am familiar with tsunamis. I am familiar with water spouts. I am familiar with overflowing rivers and, 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 and the danger uh, of flooding. I understand those things, but I also know that outside of that, there is one who calms the winds and the waves with the speaking of his word. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a struggle. It becomes a battlefield. We are people in time. And then we are people who Actually, uh, we, we know God, and we know God is great. In fact, we are people that refer to ourselves as oneness people, one God people. So we believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe that. We understand that. That is a powerful dynamic because that means there is a never-changing dynamic to God. Unlike people who change with the whims and, and a little emotional ripple that doesn't please them. And, and they don't treat you right and they don't like you and they blacklist you. And, and, and that way. But God is not like that. His love is forever established towards you. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Where would we be without that reality today? Where in the world would we be without that reality? Halabashandahaya. I praise God for his mercy. Hallelujah. It is mercy that is the sweet maiden of love and preciousness that comes from heaven, steps on the stage of time, and interacts with us every day that we live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and, and yet there, there is this powerful uh, reality of God who is the same at all times. And, and yet we have a problem with this one truth about him. And that is simply that he is the God of today. Now, you all know, and, and, and as well as myself, we know that there is uh, a, a powerful uh, story in the New Testament that connects us uh, with this time dimension issue with God. It's found in John 11. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of powerful things that emerge in this story. And, and this story, parts of it are repeated almost at every graveside and at every funeral service. And, and, uh, and of course, uh, some of these words of, of this story and the wording of it are, are, are very amazing. Uh, because the Bible says, This thing said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I might wake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. With us, sleeping is waking up, and yet there is a sleep of death. But in God, he can wake you up out of your natural nap and out of your eternal nap. It doesn't make any difference because he is the God that is above time and he can reach in to the very mouth of eternity and pull, pull a living being back onto the stage of time. Hallelujah. He can absolutely bring that to pass. And so uh, it, it goes on and they, of course, Begin to talk to him. Oh, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I, I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. That, that's, a, that's a confused person who's trapped in the arena of time. Saying, uh, uh, Lord, uh, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. So, so you know... Uh, uh, you could have done it if you were here. And so, so she put him in the past 
with his power. She allowed him to work in the past, but, but not in the present. But then she says, however, however that I know that even now whatsoever that will ask of God, that, you know, that that can happen as well. So there's confusion. How many know that we live in states of confusion concerning our relationship with God? Why doesn't God answer my prayer? Why doesn't God help me when I call upon him? Hallelujah. And from the days of the past comes a powerful echo through down through the conundrum of time that says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up on those powerful wings hallelujah hallelujah you see we, we we're struggling constantly with this dimension of time and, and, and yes, you would have been. And, uh, and oh, oh, yes, uh, but Jesus said, well, listen, listen. Please listen to me. I, I am the, the resurrection and the life. Oh, Lord, we know he's going to rise. He's going to rise at the resurrection. We understand that. Surely we know that. And so there they pushed him into the future. Well, I'm going to tell you something. We're serving a God that has absolutely no restrictions when it comes to time, space, and eternity. He has no restrictions. We are restriction. We are very restrictive. In fact, we have to say, I was at Aunt Sally's for Thanksgiving, or I went to Grandma's. For Thanksgiving, I was there, and, and uh, they, we had a great time. Jesus didn't say that. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Now, if, if you'll let me borrow your mind for a minute and hook it up to your imagination. Let me explain to you that the Hubble telescope with its powerful cameras stretched out over time. And space looked back into the past and saw the universe and the solar system before the planets were shaped and formed. Now, wait a minute. It couldn't have saw them because they're past. No, they're past in time, but they're not past in space. They're still back there. The planet you live on, the earth, is hurtling through space at 900,000 miles per hour. We are booking down through the avenues of space. We're moving away from things in time. But actually, actually in space, God can walk right back down the path of the past and see things as they were come right back down into the future. That's the kind of God that I serve and you serve today. Hallelujah. There are people here, you're still fighting battles with things that you did that were wrong. You live under condemnation. You live under guilt. You're struggling with things that you did. Let me tell you something. There is now therefore no condemnation. There is therefore no, no condemnation. Hallelujah. His blood goes right with him into the past. He covered your sins. You said, but I was pretty brutal. I was pretty a sinister. I don't care how dark and morbid you were. The blood, the precious blood washes away every stain and transgression. So you can just turn to your past and say, you have no power over me. I, I, you, don't you dare ever try to haunt me again when I'm trying to go to sleep at night. Don't you even think of trying to enter into my peaceful state of mind. Don't you even come near me. I rebuke you, devil. I rebuke you, uh, oh, master of sin. I rebuke you, prince of the powers of the air. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. I'm free from my path. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. 
So now, and so now we're saying to the Lord, yeah, he will, he will rise at the resurrection. Oh, Lord, we know, we know that. We, that. That's, you know, you're all powerful, everything. Uh, no, no, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am, I am, I am. You see, he is the great I am. He is not the great who was. He is the great I am. He is not the great I will be. He is the great I am. We, we have a little bit of a, 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 an increase or a little promotion uh, uh, from the past. And, and, and we look forward to something else happening good in the future. He's already magnificent, uh, immeasurably powerful, omnipotent, omniscient in the past, the present, uh, and the future. He is the great I am. He's the great I am. See, it settles this whole time issue. Settles this whole battlefield thing. Papa Shandala Mahaya. It settles every issue that you have. Hallelujah. You can look into the future and the devil taunting you from the future. Oh, you know about that doctor's appointment you got next Thursday. And then you've been having those pains. And he plays with your imagination and he's got you already one foot on a banana peel and another foot on black ice and shoving you over into the six-foot hole. He's already got you there. You look into the future and say, I serve the great I am. I serve the great I am. I'm victor over death, hell, and the grave. I have been given power by my God. Hallelujah. Shoo. Hallelujah. And right now, I'm, I'm talking to you about the God of today. Don't you shy away from it, apostolic Christian. Don't you shy away from it. Right now, God is doing, performing great things uh, by his mighty hand, by his mighty power. Three weeks ago today. Preaching in Amarillo, Texas, Leonard Hoyt, a man who had become a theologian in a uh, Christian denomination, uh, also in a, a city of Texas, had met the pastor that I was preaching for three weeks ago. As a young man, he was backslid. They were working at Office Depot together. The backslidden young man witnessed to the older man about the oneness of God. 29 years ago this was. He planted that seed in this theologian. For 29 years he took it and he perused it. He studied it. He analyzed it. And just a few weeks ago he called his friend who is now the dynamic pastor of Jubilee Apostolic Church in Amarillo, Texas. And he said, I have seen the light of what you have told me. He said, God has recently filled me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He said, I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. He came the Sunday night. We were there. And I watched the pastor who, as a backslidden young man at that office depot uh, store, witnessed to this man 29 years ago. You, you would think, well, 29 years ago, people have forgotten about the witness. Oh, no. We're talking about living seed. We're talking about the living word of truth. <laughs> We're talking about the power of the life of the living God wrapped in the seed. I don't care how many years in the past. Uh, hallelujah. We saw it come to fruition. We saw it bear fruit three weeks ago because the great I am put his touch on it, put his power in it, and brought it to pass. I am the resurrection and the life. Hmm. 
Hallelujah. You want the power of the Holy Ghost to fall on you today, this morning? You want that? Do you want to have a direct touch from God to heal you of some terrible illness? You want that right now? Don't be talking about, well, God did it for them in the past. But, no, there are no conditional little words there. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, maybe I better wait. No, you don't have to wait. I am the resurrection. I am the raising power. I am the elevating factor. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 uh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You come back from the future with me right now. Get your mind out of the future. Get your mind out of the past. Come into the present with me right now. Come into the time where God can operate today. So he said, today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. And I'm going to tell you, this place is going to break loose here in a second. Ha <laughs> ha. 1977. My wife and I had two children, a little three-year-old girl, a little boy that was about a year old, and a gleam in our eye for another little boy, the pastor of Tree of Life today. The church was growing. It was a home mission church, 929 East Range Road, Memphis, Tennessee, nine blocks from Graceland. We'd already been contacted by a girlfriend of the late Elvis Presley, who was a soul struggling, struggling in, in, in this battlefield of time, struggling with his mother's contributions of, of the gospel. He and his mother and father had been baptized in Jesus' name 20-some years earlier on the north side of Memphis, Tennessee, by an apostolic preacher. And he was struggling. He, he, knew, he knew deep inside his soul had taken the wrong direction. But, but mother's prayers and mother's influence lingered on. And so he asked his uh, girlfriend to call. His girlfriend was attending services uh, occasionally on Sunday mornings. And she said, uh, my boyfriend wants to talk to you, Pastor. And, and I said, well, who, who's your boyfriend? She said, his name's Elvis. I said, you, oh, you mean Elvis Presley? She said, yeah said, he wants to talk to you and wants you to come over and, and visit a little bit. At the time, I, I was a young pastor. I didn't realize this was a desperate plea for help. I, I didn't realize it. And so I, I said, well, we have, a, we have to preach uh, camp meetings in Colorado out west. And I said, as soon as we get back, we'll be in touch. And by the time we got back, just two days afterwards, he died. I lost that opportunity. I wish I had just immediately gone over. But I didn't recognize it as a, as a search uh, for someone trapped in a battlefield, struggling against the issues. Let me tell you something, friend. This life is a battlefield. There is a devil that is after your soul. He has an internal vindictiveness against God. And the greatest sorrow he can bring to the heart of God is to destroy your soul. So he is after you through every billboard, every ad on the internet, every demonic influence, every kind of terrible illustration of darkness that comes tripping upon across your daily vision of your eye. He's after you. You have to understand that. And so we, we were in this home mission church, and, and it began to grow and, and uh, you know, filling up, filling up. And it was a small building. You only see the maybe packed out at 150. We were now up around 180, and the place was packed. Extra chairs were everywhere. And, boy, those were great days. Those were powerful days. And, and so great things were happening, and, and, and yet we knew we had to build. And, and so uh, it's, uh, among the visitors, 
uh, just like today, there may be visitors here. Among the visitors were, were two men who were the husbands of two of the very faithful ladies that came to our little Pentecostal church. And uh, one's name was Jane Jenkins, and, and the other's name was Harold Garner. And uh, they were very successful businessmen. One was a general contractor, and, and one was the owner of the Bluff, Bluff City Fish Market, which is a distributor for fish all over the Mid-South and the Midwest. Very wealthy men. But, they, but as wealthy men are, they don't feel their need for God because they are their own little God. They have got money that can purchase things, and there's a sense of empowerment that comes along with that, and there's a strut, and there's an ego trip that goes along with that. And, and so they, they came to church occasionally with their wives. Well, they made the mistake of coming that Sunday night. They had no idea what was waiting for them that night. And every time they'd come in, they'd cross those arms and sit there as if to dare the preacher dare the preacher to approach their stronghold. And they just sit there with those scowls on their faces and look up at me and just say, go ahead, give it your best shot, little boy. See what you can do here. And, and they, there they sat. And, and I, I looked at those men and I thought, dear God, we'll never, we'll never be able to touch those guys. They, those guys... Those are the towers of Babel originally. The, these guys are strongholds. And, and I'm, I'm just a young pastor. I don't even know what I'm doing. God is just moving, pouring out his spirit. And, and, uh, and you see, that's, that's where we forget about the God of today. I, I'm thinking, well, maybe somewhere down the future, God could touch these guys. We, we could sure use their help. <laughs> You know, we need a new building, and there's a general contractor sitting right there. Oh, my God, maybe someday, who knows, where, where, where when, and, uh, you know, we're, we're making him the God of tomorrow. We have forgotten about today. You can't forget about the God of today. You can't forget about his direct connection with you right now. I'm telling you, there's a fire flash from heaven that can rush through your body right now while you're sitting there, jerk you up on your feet, and heal you and save you and sanctify you. So we, that night, the, the lady that was to sing, sing the special for the, the service sang, got up and started singing a, a beautiful song. It was a, such a beautiful song. Very moving. People started weeping and crying. And we all closed our eyes and we were just caught up into that beautiful place with God. And this is going on for several minutes. All of a sudden, we heard a roar. And the man, Mr. Jenkins, jumped to his feet, threw his arms up in the air, and screamed, my God, this is real. I opened my eyes, and there he is standing there like this. And he said again, my God, this is real. Down he came to the altar. His back heaving. His eyes filled with tears. Calling on the name of the Lord. The church is on its feet. The church is worshiping. The church is shocked. At the intervention of the Almighty. Just five minutes later, here come Mr. Garner. Threw himself into the altar. Tumbled over. Uh, holy rolling. Wealthy businessmen don't holy roll in apostolic churches. They just don't. You, you might get some people that are real worshipful to you know, maybe lose their balance and get in the floor and holy roll. But not wealthy businessmen like Mr. Garner. They don't do that. But with God, all things are possible. With God, he is the God of today, right now.
Needless to say, Gene Jenkins built the new, beautiful, gleaming sanctuary on six acres on a main drag in Memphis. Hallelujah. The girlfriend of Elvis Presley prayed through. Part of his band prayed through. We had one of the hottest musical bands in the whole country at that point because God is the God of today. Mr. Garner financed the building of the church with his money. He became the bank for the church loan. God saw all of it. God knew it was coming and brought it to pass. You see, what I'm trying to tell you today is that when you let the past haunt you and beat you down... Well, I, it was all my fault. I did forget that. It's over with. Hallelujah. That stuff is dead. It died in the crimson stream of blood from Calvary. Sins die when they're covered in the blood. They die under the, in the bottom of the baptistry where you're baptized in Jesus' name and buried into his death future doesn't even exist yet. It's not just dead. It doesn't even exist. But what's alive, what's trembling, what's quaking, what's shaking is right now. God can perform in your life anything. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've come to praise him. We've come to praise him. We've come to glorify him. We've come to touch him. When you begin to praise him, you activate the presence of God. Don't sit there in a doldrum. Don't sit there in a state of sedation. Praise him from the depths of your Shandaya. I want somebody to step out of yourself. Rain down the power of his presence into your life. Woo. Glory. Glory. My. Hanabababa Shandaya. Mm, oh, let's stand this morning in the presence of God. <laughs> Woo! You see, you feel that momentum? You feel that riptide of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Riptides in the ocean are dangerous. Riptides in the sanctuary are wonderful. Hallelujah. Undercurrents of glory. Saving power. Whew. Hallelujah. In an atmosphere like this, you don't even need an altar service. You don't even need an altar call. God is the altar call. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living.
Hallelujah, Baba Shahaya. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost pull you out of the past. Pull you back from the future. Pull you back into present time. I want somebody that's, that's you want to touch from the Holy Ghost right now, right today. And you've been waiting for the right time. Right time. There is no right time but now. Come on, man. Step out of that bondage of clay and flesh. Let your soul become the orchestra director of the music department of your life. Let your soul take over your voice, take over your hands, take over your feet, follow your soul into the throne of God. Ooh. Yes! That's it. That's it. God's pulling you, pulling the soul he gave you, pulling it forward into the driver's seat of your being and your existence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, 